Hello and welcome to COVID Stories, a podcast series regarding leadership following the COVID-19 outbreak. I'm your host, Dallas Emerson, Director of Business Development at the IT Guys. Before we get started, these interviews were conducted during the COVID lockdown and were held over Microsoft Teams. Any sound quality issues are the result of social distancing that we're all too familiar with. If you're listening on our site, we're thrilled to have you, but you might find it easier to listen to COVID stories through iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Joining me today is JJ Colburn, a principal at Strategic Association Management. How's it going, JJ? Going well. How are you? Doing just fine. Uh, this uh, took a little while for us to get this together, primarily due to uh, technology problems. Yep, absolutely. I, I, as I told you yesterday, uh, kind of, uh, I guess, the irony of, of, of doing a, a conversation about uh, the realities of life with COVID uh, couldn't have been teed up any better <laughs> than to uh, have internet issues uh, where I was trying to work. So Yeah, well, that's what you get for trying to work on vacation. <laughs> right. So I'm going to launch in. I ask this question to everybody up front uh, because I think it's important that we have kind of a, a baseline understanding of when everything really started. When did you first know that COVID-19 was the real deal, that something was going to have to change, that this wasn't just media hype? Yeah, I, you know, we were pretty fortunate, I think, and 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 part of that is is through uh, relationships with, with other, uh, folks and association work. Uh, you know, I, I happen to be on a, uh, a text chain with, with a couple of folks that, um, ha- had been kind of in front of me and, and around me, uh, whenever I was the, the TSAE chairman. And so we just were, you know, ca- casually talking and, and, and kind of keep that going uh, all the time. And, uh, uh, one of the, one of the folks had a lot more information, uh, simply because of the industry, uh, that he was in. And, uh, so he was, he was getting some behind the scenes information about what was potentially going to happen, uh, and kind of alerted, uh, uh, alerted those of us who were on this text chain to, to, Hey, you need to start thinking about this. Um, interestingly, uh, I, I have a business partner as well. Uh, uh the, the other uh, owner of, of, of Sam and, uh, she was having some uh, a conversation as well uh, through some of her resources. And we, we, uh, we, we ended up texting each other one morning uh, prior to any of this really starting and saying, you know, we think let's, let's go and really dig into this and talk about it today and kind of figure out what we need to start putting in place if we were uh, to have to, to move to a remote op- option. Uh, so we, I felt pretty fortunate that we were, we were ahead of it Uh I, I think our team felt pretty good that we were ahead of it as well. So we we decided to put a plan in place and and, and close our office and, and go to remote uh, work uh, probably the week before uh, everything kind of started shutting down and and, uh, and and we just made some decisions to to do that. So we're pretty lucky that we we were in we were already in a place where uh, folks I guess we I guess they were lucky and, and in some ways we're not. Uh, we made the decision a, a year and a half ago or so because of just space and, 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 and the, the, uh, way that our team was growing to set our office up kind of we work style. So kind of the hoteling style. So no one has a desk. No one has a, a home base in, in, in our office. And that, that was pre COVID. Uh, and so everyone has a laptop. Everyone is very, very mobile. We were not we didn't have remote uh, as an option at, at this point, but we're very mobile. And so 
when we were ready to kind of pull the trigger and, and move to the, a remote environment, we, we had the technology we needed, uh, and we just had to make a couple of switches to how we set that up. Okay. So it sounds like y'all were both kind of ahead of the game on yeah. keeping up with the news and on the operational aspect of it. That's really good to hear. Now, you're kind of in an interesting position as compared to pretty much everybody else I've talked to because you have a number of different associations under your purview. Uh, did you find, and, and uh, maybe I'll have to phrase this in a way so you don't feel like you have to out anybody, but did you find that certain industries were a little bit less concerned or uh, were, were others uh, more concerned about uh, COVID-19? Did you feel that you were leading or more of having to push people into uh, accepting that you had to make these changes? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting uh, because, as you mentioned, we, we are an AMC, uh, so an association management company. Uh, and uh, as such, we do we we provide the staffing and the management and the strategic support for, uh, you know, half a dozen or more, 14 or 15 uh, associations in one one way or another. Uh, and so um, I, I've had this conversation with a, with another friend of mine that, you know, this is a really interesting place to be because so many association execs are having to dive and, and getting to and needing to dive deep, deep, deep into their industries, right? And uh, the position where I sit, uh, kind of being able to see a bunch of different organizations, different types, it's been uh, fun to kind of watch how uh, some organizations have really thrived with, with this. They've stepped into it. Their, their, their industry was such that it was very, very, very germane to what they were doing. And they've actually increased services and increased visibility. Um, some industries, uh, it, it wasn't as, uh, it, it wasn't a, not, not as much. Uh, focus on on COVID, more of the operational side and how we're we changing our conferences and those types of things. So it's really interesting to kind of look at that. I would say across the board, though, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not recalling that there were any groups that were very resistant to to what needed to happen. I think in, in most part, uh, uh, all of the industries that we support and work in, um, you know, again to a varying degree how they engaged with COVID uh, w w was different, but, but how they, uh, how they embraced it and looked at the, the, the need for change. Um, I don't think, I, you know, we, we didn't have to really push anybody. Well, that's good to hear. And that, and that is interesting getting to see, uh, I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall getting to see all those different uh, associations dealing with it. Um, now, do you feel in your position that there's a mentality shift going on right now. I feel it. Uh, I'm curious if you do that. We're kind of all shifting in the association world from survive today to figure out what's happening tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of think of that in two, two types of groups. One is if it, if you're looking at the staff, right, you're looking at the, the internal staff. Uh, let me go down that path first. Uh, I do think that with the staff team, we have 18 folks on our staff. Uh, I, and, and at first, and for the first month or so, we did a lot of, of, uh, you know, kind of checking in and how's everybody feeling. And, and, and it did feel a lot like triage, you know, let's make sure that, that, that no one, we're not leaving anybody behind that, that everyone's doing okay, that everyone's still, you know, a lot of flexibility, obviously. 
Um, I have noticed that in the last month, uh, and, and uh, even me deliberately driving some of this in conversations, we're starting to kind of figure out like, okay, we're probably not going back to the office with all 18 people at any time soon. We're probably going to have people uh, working from home the majority of the time. And, and, and if we do, and when we do reopen the office, it will be, uh, it'll be different, you know? And so, uh, so how are we now kind of, and I know this is an overused word right now, but how are we normalizing uh, kind of where we are and, and you know, what are the things that, uh, that, have been really good about this time that we want to make sure that we're keeping in place. Uh, and how do we, how do we do that? And then how do we start bringing back in some of the process that we really, that we really, uh, had pre COVID some of the things that we were doing both from a development perspective, from a staff development perspective, from a culture perspective, how do we start weaving that back in, uh, now that we're kind of past, okay, again, triage, you know, we're just, we're trying to stop the bleeding and make sure uh, folks uh, stay, stay connected and engaged. So there's that staff side. Um, I think on the association side of things, uh, uh, as far as the, the industry goes, I think that a lot of people are saying, okay, let's, let's embrace this, you know, let's look for the good in, in some of the things that we're having to change right now. Um, I, a lot of the organizations that we support and work with uh, depend on a large annual conference. I mean, that, one organization that uh, that uh, we support uh, has a you know, 5,000 person annual conference. And so the reality, another one, a couple of thousand people, the reality is, is that going to be able to happen? Is it going to look the same? Uh, how far out is it? What, is there going to be a vaccine? And so I think that the organization leadership uh, has really, in those particular cases, has really embraced the idea that let's 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 see what we can do here, you know. And 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 then when we get past this, we're going to open up all kinds of cool opportunities that we might not have ever had before, um, you know. So when we do get to have a face-to-face meeting again, if we if we've also layered in during this time some virtual components great. Let's keep doing all of that. You know, there, there'll be a, a lot of ways that we can serve members as we move forward. So. Okay. So obviously, no, and you touched on this a little bit, but I, I want to drill a little bit deeper in on this. You know, nobody knows what tomorrow is going to look like, or even, or certainly not, we, we don't know what six months from now is going to look like. Uh, I know we're both in the Austin area and I can't keep track of what the county, the state, and the city are all saying. And, of course, they never all three agree on anything, except in those first couple of halcyon weeks. Uh, so, obviously, business is not returning to pre-COVID normal, or at very least not for a long time. What specifically do you see changing in your organization? I mean, we touched a little bit on it about, you know, not coming into the office, but uh, is that something that you think is going to be permanent? or do, do, do you get my drift? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mentioned earlier that we're, we pre-COVID were not, uh, we were what I, I lovingly call a, a quasi-flexible environment, meaning that, you know, people needed to be in the office, uh, but, but kind of when and how they did that, uh, there was a little bit of flexibility around, around kind of their days. Uh, but we did not have nor support a like a traditional work from home remote working uh, kind of concept. Someone couldn't just say, hey, I'm working from home every Monday. Uh, and part of the reason for that is we're a young company uh, and and we are a growing company and culture is uh, is just absolutely you know critical 
uh, to make any of this work. Um, additionally, as an AMC, we're, we're a multi-team, uh, multi-level uh, type environment. And so you might be on uh, the gifted and talented team, and you might also be on the science teacher team. Well, if you choose to work from home or your, your work from home day is a day when the rest of one of your teams is all in the office, then it kind of creates a little, it, you know, theoretically would create a little bit of a challenge there. And so we, I think this has forced us to recognize that um, this can be done. It can be done uh, from remote places. We've done it well. Uh, and uh, I think when we go back, um, we will, we will, uh, we'll probably be, a, uh, I, I know we will we'll be a lot more flexible. Uh, we're starting to work right now on, on what does a, what does a post COVID work from home policy look like? What are the expectations? Because, you know, that's the other piece is that, and I read this somewhere, uh, you're not, we're not working from home. Uh, we are working at home during a pandemic. Right. And so, and so there is a, there, there is a, a big difference in that. You know, I think traditionally, if someone wants to work from home, uh, and that, that's there, they can be more productive there. They're also not working from home with a spouse sitting next to them on a makeshift you know, computer table on their couch that they weren't expecting with three kids running around in the background, uh, you know, and dealing with dogs. And so, I mean, the same thing we all, we talk about. And so I think that one of the things we're really looking forward to is if we've been able to make this work it during this time and what's it going to look like when some of those factors start to, uh, to dissipate a little bit. And then what does working remotely really look like, you know, and how, how does that work? And, I think we will also, of course, have, um, obviously we'll have an office. We're in a lease, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll use the office as a place to convene, uh, rather than as a place to work, almost kind of flipping the, 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 the table. You know, you work at an office and then you go out to lunch to convene with each other, to meet with each other. You know, you go to happy hour, uh, almost flipping that a little bit saying, okay, people work. You can work at the office if you want. You can work at home if you want. You can work at Starbucks if you want. And the office will, will, I think, become a place where everybody gathers together uh, as opposed to a place where individuals are working uh, simultaneously. And that it seems obvious now that you say it, but I don't, I don't know how many people were thinking along those lines that now the office is going to be where we convene. And you brought up something at the very beginning of that that I think is very interesting. Uh, how do you maintain and then build culture when we can't be sure who's going to be where, when. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that has been my biggest concern throughout this is um, I'm, I'm a big culture guy and our company and uh, Megan and I are, are very committed to a very deliberate uh, culture and people know it backwards and forwards. And, and unlike a lot of, a lot of organizations that may have their core values and they're just words, our core values are actually, um, they're, they're actions. And so, uh, you know, for example, we, we don't talk about trust as being a core value. We talk about the act of building trust as our core value. So trust isn't our core value, but how are you building trust? And, and we like to say that, that, you know, how you build trust with me might be totally different than how you build trust with somebody else. So as an employee, what as a company, what we value is how are you really thinking about the ways that you build trust with the different folks and the different, the different uh, partners and the different staff members that you're interacting with. And so, I tell you that just because uh, your culture is, is, is uh, we've been very thoughtful about this and we've been very deliberate about it. 
Uh, our team knows, you know, they, they use the language, they, they see the examples. And when we're together, uh, we're really able to, to do some things on a weekly basis, a, a monthly basis, a daily basis where, where we kind of live and breathe our culture. Uh, so it was very concerning to me when we started moving in this direction that we, we protect that. So we do a couple of things, uh, and, and we were working on a couple of things. You know, one of the things that I've heard uh, recently is that, um, for remote, remote workers, uh, really helping them understand they're part of a company, you know, sending, sending people sweatshirts and, and, and coffee mugs and things like that. They, it seems silly, but when someone's working from home and they're wearing, you know, a Sam branded sweatshirt or they've got a Sam branded blanket on their, their lap while they're sitting on their couch, uh, they're reminded all the time about, you know, I'm part of this company, uh, and, 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 and these are our core values and this is why we do what we do. Uh, we, we have found, we, we use Slack a lot, uh, in our operation. I know that, um, other people use different, uh, uh, platforms, but we use Slack a lot. And, and, uh, so, uh, some of our team has figured out a way through, through some bots to do, uh, we have a culture channel. And so when people uh, see each other or experience each other living a core value, they can anonymously put it, uh, into the channel and everyone can see it. And then people can comment on it and that, and, and we will read those out at, at, at our, um, every couple of weeks staff meetings. We'll kind of do shout outs to folks. Um, we, uh, we, uh, we're, we're actually going to do, which this is going to be fun. Uh, Megan wanted to pull everyone together. So we're going to do a social distancing picnic in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're not, at, we're not telling folks they have to come, but we hope that they will. And, uh, we're going to do some, uh, some kind of cool Sam branded things around our culture, uh, while we're at the picnic, just to kind of keep people engaged with, with what it is that we're doing. So, uh, really, I think, I think if there's any, um, advice that I would give to, to someone who's out there, who's trying to figure this out. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of folks culture just kind of happens. I mean, you have a culture, whether you're being deliberate about it or not, every organization does internally, every company does. And so I, I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, if I'm going to have a culture then I'm going to, I'm going to drive it as opposed to letting it, you know, just grow up organically around me. But I think, that a lot of folks, you know, culture is, is not, is not discussed as deliberately. I think you're, we're going to need to ramp that up. Uh, when we, when we are dealing with kind of the, the changes that COVID is going to create in the workplace, uh, executives are going to have to become much more deliberate, much more involved. And if you're talking about culture, you know, a, a little bit, and that's working for you when you're face to face, you're going to have to talk about culture a lot, probably three times more than you think you need to. Uh, and you, and, and just because I think that is going to have to be, uh, something that happens when people begin to, to be separated from each other. Right. Uh, and so, uh, that's what we're working on. We're trying to make sure we're doing that as well as we can. Does that help? Oh yeah. You know, and, uh, one thing I want to touch on there, I really appreciate you mentioning not making the, uh, event mandatory. Uh, I know someone who I feel her boss was a little uh, on the odd side had a social distance dance party and you were required to go. And if you didn't go, you had to cold call. So uh, I, I appreciate the, the attempt to make it a little bit more accessible for the four people, uh, you know, meeting them where they are. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that, you know, how, how, executive level and, 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 and senior level management is, is, is going to change and has already changed pretty quickly. Uh, 
we just have to be more flexible. You know, we just have to be. And, and, and uh, I think that the company of the future, the association of the future uh, is if, if it's not a little bit more flexible, then people are going to flock to, to organizations that are, and you're not going to be able to get the best employees and the best talent uh, to come uh, work with you and for you. Uh, and to serve your organizations uh, without that, without that, you know, taking some deep breaths around things that you're like, oh, I, I, that's not really what I want. I want everybody there. Well, you know, that may not work. I mean, we've had to do that. We've had to do that, right? We've had to say, you know, we, we, we record our staff meetings because if someone, if someone is all of a sudden at home and, and they've got a baby at home and they're planning to be at the staff meeting and something happens with that baby, right? That baby's got to come first. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, and, and I think like at the beginning, uh, at least for me, if I'm being honest, uh, if, which I have no reason not to be, I guess, if I'm being vulnerable, maybe, uh, uh, some of that kind of bugged me. I was like, no, you know, you need to be at the staff meeting. You can't stop what you're doing for an hour to come at the staff meeting and worked really hard to give you this information and build this culture and do this. So I had to take some deep breaths around that and recognize and come up with an alternative solution, which was it's important for them to hear this, then let's figure out a way to get this information to them. And so we've recorded a couple of meetings that, uh, that I had some, really important information to cover uh, and have gotten those out to people who couldn't be there. So, but I, but it was tough. I mean, to kind of, you know, have that gut check and say, Oh, you know, I know that this is not how I would prefer it, but this is how it needs to be right now. Yeah. And and moving forward, I think is, is going to, it's going to be even more that way. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of the, I don't know if it's an irony, but one of the odd outcomes of this is that work is going to be much more personalized in the future than I think it ever has been. Yeah. 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 So, you know, on the kind of that subject of having to do gut checks or what's difficult for you, what for you personally, and then for you as a leader has been the easiest and the hardest part of transitioning to this totally virtual environment. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a process I'm an out loud processor. Right. And, and so, and I know that about myself. I mean, some folks I'm, I'm extroverted, uh, uh, and that, that can be good and bad. And so I need to talk through things a lot. I need to, I need to, um, I, I would rather have a conversation than write an email. Uh, I would, I'd rather uh, pick up the phone or walk and walk over to someone's uh, desk and go walking with them than, 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 uh, than, than correspond in any other way. And, and so that has been hard for me uh, as, as a leader to not really have that personal kind of day-to-day connection. The other thing is that I work, um, I, I found that uh, over the course of my career that I work through people. Uh, I, so so if, there's, if there are things that I need to get done, then one of the things that um, I've, I've seen really now a lot that I've, I did more than I thought is that you know, I will, I will work out an issue or work through a project kind of getting people kind of on the right seats on the bus and, 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 and getting through an issue. So I'll work through people to make things happen. And when you're remote, uh, that's a little bit harder to do. Um, I spent, I, I don't know that I recognize how much of my day that I spent in conversation, uh, that seemed organic, uh, but was actually really probably pretty, uh, intentional looking back, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. And so that has been really hard for me, uh, to try to manage that. Um, I, 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 uh, I, I don't do very well working from home. 
but you know, it, 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 I've had to learn how to kind of set my days and do things and figure out ways to kind of get my bucket filled, uh, in, 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 in the way that, uh, I might normally do in an office setting, uh, by interacting with people differently. Right. So, uh, that's been challenging for me. I think the other thing is, is that, you know, Megan and I talked about this some the other day is that, you know, when you're, when you're leading an organization and you're leading a team and you're leading a, a group and, and everyone's dealing with, um, just varying emotion and strategy or or stressors around this time. Um, There is a sense that you feel like I've, I've always got to be the one who's, you know, who's, who's up and who is positive and who is cascading this, this vision. And, and uh, you know, sure I can be vulnerable at times. And I think that's important, but what, what the team needs for me is they need, they need to feel like, okay, everything's going to be okay. And, and we're trusting in, in this leadership to move us forward. And, and when that's happening with your staff and it's happening with organizations and then it's happening with, 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 with your family and it's happening, you know, and so um, there's, there, there's not a lot of room for, for, uh, uh, for, for kind of me to work through my own, um, my own angst and my own sadness and my own grief and my own fears. Right. And so uh, I've had to kind of figure that out a little bit because at the beginning of this for the first few months, really, uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of burning me out. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I'm sure that uh, that experience is relatable and I'm sure other people have had it and maybe even expressed it as well. But, um, but, uh, that, that's been kind of hard to go, Oh, wait a minute. Why am I so exhausted? I'm not going anywhere. Why am I so tired all the time? You know, why, why am I? And then I start to realize, Oh, because I'm just doing a lot of output and, and I don't have as much of the, the way that I would normally, like I said earlier, get my bucket filled and happening. And so there's just a lot of energy being expended and it's necessary and it's good and it's right. And I think we've been able to maintain, uh, better than, better than a lot. But, uh, but, uh, that's been hard. So, well, yeah, I mean, you kind of get it on two fronts and that you're both the leader of an organization or a leader of an organization so, and you're an extrovert. And so, you know, right. there are, there are introverted leaders out there who maybe have perverse advantage and that once the day is over, okay, I don't even have to worry about somebody contacting me because nobody's <laughs> doing that right now, but right. you have to then figure out, you have to, gotta, you got to find somebody to talk to. And that right. Can, and like you said, you know, you, you, it's not like you can turn around to your family and go, we're all doomed. Uh, that's not going to do anybody any, any favors. That's why right. we have COVID stories. So you can open up <laughs> and all of our listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. So what was the easiest part about this? We went through all the hard stuff. Was there something that you thought, oh gosh, I can't do this. And then you just went, oh, this is, this is easy. I mean, I don't know if easy um, is the, the, the word I would use. I think, I think, kind of pleasantly surprised maybe. Um, you know, I, I don't know that, that I, like, I can't tell you the last time I've consistently been home at five 30 in the afternoon, right. Or at six o'clock even, uh, consistently. And so it's been, it's been nice to, to recognize that, Oh, you know, it's nice to be home at five o'clock in the afternoon and be able to stop what I'm doing and go, you know, hang out with the dogs or sit in the backyard or, or that, I mean, 
I can't tell you the last time I've just sat in my backyard, you know, and hung out and haven't had people over. Right. So there's a lot of that that I'm going, wow. Yeah. I've walked my neighborhood. I mean, my gosh, I've walked my neighborhood so many times. I I've met people I, I, I wouldn't have normally met just kind of walking around the neighborhood. I mean, Little did I know that some guy a street over has like a collection of, of, of macaws that he has out in his front yard in the afternoon. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Yeah. So, uh, the, uh, that's been kind of a pleasant surprise. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I, I think just kind of that being home and, 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 and kind of having a, like a natural end to the day, even if I start working again or doing email again at seven o'clock, right. Or eight o'clock at night, just to kind of have that break, like at the end of a day, uh, it, it, it feels good. And that's probably something that I won't want to give back. Um, I'll probably want to keep, keep you part of uh, what I'm doing. You were the first person I've talked to who said that they have found a natural end to their day in this time. Everybody else I've talked to said there is no end of the day. It just keeps going. And then I look up and it's dark. Mm -hmm. But so, well, I've had, I've had to kind of make that right. I mean, okay. like I, I, you may, and, and, and again, I may go back and, and start working again or do So I, I would agree with that, that it, it, it is harder to kind of separate uh, everything kind of flows a little bit all together. Right. Um, but I, but what I found is I, I make myself kind of stop what I'm doing a few times during the day. Uh, and, and especially like right around what I would think of as like the end of the day, uh, it doesn't mean that I'm stopping working at five o'clock. It just means that I just kind of stop and take a break and kind of look around and maybe go outside or something like that. Uh, the, the, the hard, the hard thing kind of along those lines, I think has been, uh, and I, and I know you've heard this from a lot of people, like sometimes I, I won't know, I won't know if it's a weekend or a weekday or you know, it's like, is it Sunday? Is it Monday? Is it Friday? Does it matter? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, um, so, so that's been, uh, that's been interesting. I mean, there, I, more than, more than once I've woken up on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, kind of like panicked about what meeting that I was going to have to be, you know, on a computer for in like the next five minutes and then realizing, oh, it's Saturday. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, at least you've had some, some positive experiences coming out of this. Yeah. So. And this is one of those things. Nobody knows what to expect a year from now, six months from now, or tomorrow. How do you set expectations for your staff, for your clients at a time when you can't reason, when, when it seems like you can't reasonably set expectations? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, well, we, we've done a, a quite a bit. I, I know a lot of people are doing this, but if you're not, if you're out there listening and you haven't started this yet, it's been super helpful. We've done a lot of, of uh, kind of scenario planning uh, and, and, you know, let's put three things down on paper and let's say, okay, if this happens, then, then we're probably going to look at this plan. And if this happens, we're going to look at this plan uh, there. So uh, one of our, one of our organizations just done an amazing job with that. And the leadership of that group has done that. We've sat down and, and, and worked with, uh, uh, Megan and I have sat down with all of our team leads, all of our executive directors and our account leads uh, and early, early, early on, like like week two. And we uh, had had a series of questions for, for them about about the, the associations and, and you know, what their prospects were and what, 
you know, how long could they survive if they didn't have an annual conference with reserves and what other sources of revenue were available and, you know, what were the big things that were coming up that needed to be done, you know, operationally. So we went through a, a, a pretty uh, thorough process with all of our folks and, and in that uh, began to understand you know, this organization is going to be fine, and here's why. This organization is going to potentially be be hurt by some of this, and this is why. And then here are three or four scenarios of what potentially could happen. And so I, I think that, um, that that has helped with the expectation piece because uh, people don't feel as uh, nervous about the unknown because we're just acknowledging that there's there's unknowns, and we're going to be – really thoughtful, really forward thinking. We're going to pull the right people together. And, uh, and there, here are three or four things that we can already say we could different directions we could go. So I think that's helped our people really kind of settle in and breathe that, that, um, that, that we're going to be able to kind of move, move quickly in, in one way or the other. And, and honestly, I think the other thing is, is, is the AMC model, uh, because our, the people who are successful with our, with our company and with, with our, our particular AMC, uh, are, are, are by nature pretty flexible already. Uh, and, and that's again, just the AMC model. It's like, and, and, you know, juggling competing priorities and, and kind of dealing with unknowns and, you know, uh, bringing in new associations and, and, and trying to figure out like on a really quick way, like how, how are they set up and, and what do they need and, and how can we make them better? Like our people are just already really good at that. And, and I think they have that, even if they, if they're going to be successful with us, they come with kind of that natural inclination anyway. So it's almost, it's almost a, a, a kind of a natural curiosity and openness to, to, uh, to different ways of doing things. And so I think that that's really helping with, with our team and the expectations that um, we're able to set with them. Basically the expectations are expect the unexpected, right? And then, and, and then trust that you're part of a, a, an organization and part of a team that is going to have the grit and the skills to figure it out. And, uh, and there may be groups out there that are, that, um, that are having to learn that right now. And we're just fortunate that we're not having to learn that right now. Yeah. You know, it was, it strikes me as something similar to what I tell people more from a technology side, which is if you weren't ready for this on the technology side, you can't just be ready. Yeah. And in much the same way, if you weren't mentally, emotionally, culturally ready for this, you can't just snap your fingers and suddenly you're there. It takes right. it, it's work either in the midst of the crisis or before the crisis. And it sounds right. like knowingly or not, you would put the work in before the crisis. Right, right. And some of it's just the nature of, of the, the, the model, I think, and then the, the types of uh, uh, – people that we've been able to, to the talent that we've been able to recruit to, to join our team. Uh, and then also the, the real attention to, to, to culture that we had, the work we had done to kind of build our culture uh, that people had bought into. So yeah. I think those things, those things had, those three things really allowed us to transition pretty, pretty easily to this uh, overall. Yeah. It sounds like you, again, it sounds like you put in the, the work in ahead of time. You were, you were well positioned for this. So, or as well positioned as anybody could be. <laughs> you feel your staff is champing at the bit to get back to the office and kind of get back to the way things were. Uh, or do you feel like everybody's 
I guess there's three options here. Do you feel like everybody's champing in the bit? Do you feel like they're fine the way things are? Or are you even worried, how are we going to kind of get people to go back to some form of new normal? Um, yes. <laughs> All three, okay. All three, you know, and, and uh, I think that probably there are some people that uh, on our team that, that need to be out of their homes and, and, you know, socializing with, with, with uh, people other than the people they're sharing a house with uh, they, they need to be able to focus on things. I think that there are some people um, who really enjoy and, and working at home. And, and, uh, and I think I go back to what I said earlier, uh, which is, you know, and again, I read this, this isn't my own original thought, but we, you know, we're not really working from home. Uh, we, we are working at home, you know, during, during a, a, a health public health crisis. And so I, I think that, I think the, the, the jury is a little bit out on, on whether or not people are going to want to come back or not come back uh, whenever things are kind of a little bit more normal. Um, I, uh, I think they miss each other. I think that they, they want to be around each other. But the reality is, Dallas, that that we're we're months from that happening, uh, and and even if we all went back, even if all of a sudden, you know, I think the governor's latest is fifty percent occupancy in, in a in a in a you know a, a place of business. So what does that mean? Like nine people can be in the office at the same time, right? And so you're not going to be in the office with everybody for for a while. And even if we are, you know, what do we do? Do we wear masks? Do we, do we move around? Do we not use the kitchen? Uh, do we, you know, what, what do you do? And so even the people who I think want to be back together, not under these conditions, like I, you know, what good is it for me to be back with you if I have to stay six feet away from you and I can't, I, I can't, I can't talk to you unless I have a mask on. Right. And I have to get my temperature taken. And so I think we're thinking about anybody who's had to wear a mask and have talked to another person wearing a mask from six feet away knows that that's not an easy conversation. So at that point you might as well just use a phone. Yep. So we were, we're prepared. I mean, I mentioned earlier that we um, we're a, uh, a kind of a, we work style. No one has a desk and people just kind of pick where they want to work on any given day. So we've gone through the the process of when we, when it is time to go back, um, we have, uh, we put together a plan where we were not, we wouldn't have more than six people in the office on any given day. Uh, and so, and, but everybody would be assigned a day. So, you know, Dallas, your days are Monday and Wednesday. Uh, and, and, and that's it for a while. And then when you're there, this is your desk and you're the only person using it. So, you know, you can't use other desks. You have to use this desk. So we've got all that plan. We put that plan back together in May and we're just ready to, to kind of execute it when the time is right. We will be, uh, when we do open up, we'll be fully voluntary. Uh, we will tell people these, these are the days you can come to the office if you choose to. Uh, and, and you can come for any or any of part of that day or all of that day. If you want to come in at 10 and leave it to fine. If you want to work from home, that's fine with us too. Uh, but what we have in place is if you are going to come to the office, once we say it's okay to come back in, th this is your day or days. This is your seat. This is where you hang out. Um, and so we're ready to pull that trigger. Uh, but again, it'll be fully, fully uh, flexible uh, for the time being at least. And then from a more 
external standpoint, where do you see the future or the, and again, I don't know a better term other than new normal. It's not a good term, but I don't have a better one for membership driven organizations. Where do you see things going? I mean, most organizations rely on events or education. Where do you see, uh, where do you see them going in a post COVID world? You know, I, I mean, obviously the, a lot of people are talking about this, right. And, uh, I think there are going to be pros and cons. I think we're going to, you know, I think access to content and information and each other uh, is, is easier when things are virtual. Um, I think people can uh, kind of connect with an organization. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, for the, for the 5,000 people who don't get to go to an annual conference because they don't have the budget or they, or they can't get off of work or they can't travel or someone's not paying for it. Um, they're now going to, I mean, because what, what, once the kind of toothpaste is out of the tube on some of this, I don't think any organization is going to be able to go back and say, well, I know we did all this virtually, but now that we can meet again, we're not going to offer anything virtually. I think you're, we're going to see, and again, everyone, probably most people are talking about this. I think we're going to see hybrid events. I think we're going to see multiple ways to deliver content. I think we are going to see people, uh, 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 you know, go to face-to-face events, of course. Uh, but I think once organizations start putting out content and connect- connections and, uh, and doing it virtually and being creative about it, that's going to always be there. So I, I think actually we're going to increase uh, opportunities for people to begin, be engaged with organizations. And I, I don't think that's going to go away. I think there are a lot of creative folks out there doing a lot of creative things. Right. And, uh, and I think that's cool. And I think associations can lead the way really. Oh, I think so too. I think, you know, ironically, this has been really, really, really rough for associations in the short run. No denying that. But I think in the long run, because so many people are trying to figure out who has what information on my industry and because there's this craving for, okay, I need to know what's happening next. I think a lot of associations, should they play it right, are going to wind up benefiting from this. And that may sound crass, but they might wind up coming out of this stronger than they were going in. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think too, I mean, I'm obviously I, I, I'm involved uh, with an AMC and there, uh, you know, Texas is not a huge AMC state. Uh, and, and, uh, but I do think that, uh, the, the relationship that the different ways that associations can be managed kind of all going to be on the table. And I think there are going to be some really interesting partnerships and hybrid kind of model. Again, talk about a hybrid meeting. I think there are going to be some hybrid management models that come out of this where, you know, where, where a, a standalone association with a, with a, an executive director and a staff is going to uh, forge partnerships with, with uh, different management styles uh, that are going to, it's going to be really interesting to watch and, and be part of that. I think uh, as people try to figure out how to do, do uh, you know, the proverbial uh, le- more with less uh, kind of thing around that. Cause folks are going to take a hit, you know, there, there, there's going to be a financial hit in the short term. Uh, and there are a lot of creative things that can be done though, to try to try to mitigate some of that, I think. And so that'll be, that'll be fun and interesting to watch. So my last question for you, uh, very much open-ended, if you could offer one piece of advice to any other executives out there, be they total newbies or, you know, long time old school veterans, what would you tell them about, well, anything regarding this subject? 
I, well, I think I've, I, I've mentioned this earlier, but it, 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 I'll repeat it uh, because I feel it probably is the most important thing. Um, you have a culture, whether, whether you know it or not, whether you're deliberate about it or not. And in this new normal, in this environment that is going to have people working in different places and on, on different hours and flexibility, uh, I would say get a handle on what your culture is. Uh, if you don't like it, you know, drive it. Uh, if you're already driving it, drive it faster, drive it harder. Uh, because uh, that to me is going to be uh, what, what separates organizations because, you know, uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of groups are going to look very much the same if people can all, you know, all work from home and we're all on a laptop and we're all it, and and so what's going to differentiate you uh, and and your your organization at least internally i'm not talking about the association i'm talking about like the staff and and kind of the the internal culture of the of the the, the association uh and and the the org um it is you know what differentiates you i mean that's a question that you need to think through and is if it's not your culture uh then then what is it uh but i think it is most most of the time it's culture right and so I'd say grab onto that and, 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 and be very deliberate, very thoughtful about it. And then the other thing is, is, is just, uh, you know, take some deep breaths and, 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 and get more flexible than you, than you think you can be right. Uh, because that's, that's how we're going to get through this and how we're going to come out better on the other side. So. Awesome. Well, JJ, thank you so much. I really yeah, appreciate the time. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. I know. Whoever is listening to this right now enjoyed it too. All right. Thanks, Dallas. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I'm Dallas Emerson with the IT Guys, and this has been COVID Stories. I'd like to remind listeners that you have a COVID story, and we want to hear it. Send me an email at dallas at itguysusa.com, and let's set up a time to talk about your COVID story. Your story may be just the thing someone needs to hear. Thanks again.